When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder with Silver and Black Pride here. We've got our very last Behind Enemy Lines podcast of the season as the Raiders wrap up against the Kansas City Chiefs. So please welcome back Stephen Serta from Arrowhead Pride, SP Nation site that covers all things Kansas City Chiefs. Stephen, welcome back, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay, Matt. Uh, always appreciate chatting with you uh, about the Chiefs and the Raiders. So uh, looking forward to the end of the season and seeing how these playoffs wind up shaking out. Absolutely. And I did want to take a second before we get into uh, the Chiefs and Raiders talk and just kind of acknowledge the a little bit of the elephant in the room with the whole Hamar Hamlin situation. Obviously, lots up in the air. Most importantly, want to um, send our prayers and thoughts and all that good stuff out to him and his family. Um, definitely was a, a moment last night on Monday Night Football uh, that kind of put things in perspective, at least, I don't know, for me, of how much this is just a game played by people, who have people who love them and some put their uh put a lot on the line every time they step go to work. So sad situation. Um, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to say, Stephen. Yeah, it's I uh, I mean it. Last night was an unprecedented situation in football, and it was a really sobering moment. Um, that I think we kind of take this game for granted sometimes, and and these guys are really out there putting themselves on the line. So. Yeah, I, I, thoughts and prayers for Demar Hamlin. I I really hope he makes it through this and and everything winds up being okay with him. And you know, there's that GoFundMe link that's uh, circulating on social media right now. That's a, a toy drive that he sets up every year. So if you can donate to that, I encourage you to find that link. It was it like less than two thousand dollars last <laughs> night, and now it's close yeah. to four million dollars. So yeah, it, it's definitely. an incredible thing that people are trying to do uh, just to show support in uh, just awful and unprecedented time. Absolutely, yeah. wishing him as speedy of recovery as possible. And uh, yeah, like Stephen said, it's a great point. If you can uh, find that link out on social media, do Google search or whatever you need to do. Go donate, help out a good cause, and uh, show him as much support as we can. But. But I do want to focus on the playoffs in this offseason for this Raiders Chiefs massive because obviously those team teams know each other well, fan bases know each other well. So I don't think there's any secrets going into this game, especially with the Raiders being out of it. But I do, uh, I am curious from your guys' perspective or in your opinion, how important is getting that one seed for the Chiefs? I think it's really important for them. Um, you know, not. They're actually like relatively healthy uh, here at the end of the season, which. They've actually been pretty good at that over the last couple of years, just finding ways to manage injuries and keep guys on the football field. But they did have a couple of injuries that could wind up being key coming out of their last game. Uh, guard Joe Tooney uh, injured his ankle during the game. He came back in and then had to leave again. And he's dealt with an ankle injury already this season that caused him to miss games. So you need to get him healthy because he's a really important member of the interior of that offensive line. And then, Legarius Sneed also left the game with a hip injury. He came back, but now he's kind of listed as day-to-day. We'll get an update on him uh, later on this week probably, but he's a really, really key member of that secondary, so they really need to make sure that he gets healthy. But for the most part, uh, 
you know, I, I think they're pretty healthy right now, but as far as getting the buy goes, it's just everybody can use that rest and especially for them, the home field advantage and kind of the way they play down to opponents. Sometimes uh, I think it's just really important for them <laughs> to try to maximize any advantage that they can get in the playoffs. Yeah. It is kind of interesting though. I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, if you're, if you're the chiefs perspective and obviously we don't know what's going on with the bills and what that situation where the chiefs can in a situation where they can win and not get the buy. So it almost like, like I like putting my, my galaxy brain hat on here for a second and trying to game the system. Like, do you almost think there's a chance that maybe they take the buy this week? Kind of, you know what I mean? And like kind of take this week off and then just guarantee themselves to get healthy. Or do you think they're going to go full go for that home field advantage? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to say uh, just, you know, a- until we kind of know how that Bills Bengals game right. winds up playing out and what the NFL decides to do there. I, I think it's kind of hard to say just because, you know, Andy is a guy who will sit his starters if, if they can't improve their situation at all. And, and I think that there is something to that. Like, it would definitely benefit them if they kind of know what the status is and they can just say, okay, we can, we can give some guys time. Cause like I just mentioned, like the Tooney and the Sneed injuries, those are big for them right ahead of the playoffs. So they really need to get those guys healthy and, and, and really just a buy this late in the season, especially when the NFL decided to extend the season and, and this game <laughs> shouldn't exist in the first place. Like it's definitely an advantage. So I think it all just comes down to uh, what winds up happening with this Bills and Bengals game. So as far as playoff matchup goes, what is your dream and nightmare scenario for the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs? Like which wildcard team do you want to see and which one do you want want them to play? Um, I, I mean, I, I know right now it, it seems like a long shot for the Miami Dolphins to make it. Um but I would not want to see them just based on if they find a way to sneak into the playoffs because of the explosiveness of that offense. And I know we don't know the status of Tua and his availability there. So that obviously plays huge into the situation. Um, if they could face the Jaguars, I would, or well, I guess Jacksonville's got a chance at winning the division. So they wouldn't yeah. face them. Um, but if it comes down to like the, you know, the Ravens or the Patriots, I think you feel good about that. I would not want to see the chargers. Um, yeah, the Chargers have a really good game plan against the Kansas City Chiefs, so they always play tight games. It seems like they always come down to the wire, and I know the Chiefs have beaten them twice this season, but they weren't healthy in those games. Like the first matchup, Joey Bosa gets injured, and then he just came back last week from that very first matchup early on in the season. I think it was week two on Thursday Night Football. And their defense is playing really, really well right now. Uh, Brandon Staley, credit to him, has really turned their defense around after they were really struggling early on in the season. And they're just a bad matchup. Like, just Mike Williams, bad matchup for the Chiefs corners. (laughs) Like, Mike Williams always seems to just roast the Chiefs. Keenan Allen, uh, who uh, wasn't healthy early on in the season, is healthy now and has just been a target monster. He's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. Austin Eckler is a bad matchup for the Chiefs because they struggle to tackle sometimes. And Austin (laughs) Eckler is an elite player. So I I think the Chargers, even though it's a division opponent, they've beaten them twice this year. They're a team that I would really prefer not to see during the wildcard round. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I was thinking that, too. I'm like, I don't know if the Chiefs have played the Chargers when they're fully healthy. Granted with the chargers and they're just their history. I don't know if anyone's ever played them fully healthy, but uh, 
it's even in their last matchup, Mike Williams was just coming off of an ankle injury, right. wound up only playing like half a quarter because he re-injured his ankle and had to leave the game. And, you know, now he's playing healthy and he's making insane catches every week. Like he's just a bad matchup for them. Mike Williams scares me in the playoffs. <laughs> And so I also want to ask you because you mentioned mentioned the Ravens. Is that is are you is that contingent on Lamar coming back, or is that uh, do you feel confident even if he is in the lineup? It's even if Lamar's available, I, I would still feel pretty confident going against the Ravens. I know Lamar obviously changes the math in that matchup. Like Lamar is an absolutely incredible player, but and their defense is playing really well right now. But that secondary struggled this season. Like they, they you can beat the Ravens secondary. It's certainly not an elite secondary like it has been in the past. And Marcus Peters has been really banged up for them. So I, I think that the Chiefs could pass on the Ravens. They're a really tough team to run on, but the Chiefs don't care about running the football anyways. So <laughs> I, I think you can still beat the Ravens. And I just don't think the Ravens, even when we saw Lamar Jackson in the lineup, they just don't have the skill position players. Like they, they just don't have the guys that can put up points and make explosive plays for them outside of Lamar. And when you key in on Mark Andrews, they don't really have a lot of other guys. Like even Devin Duvernay is out <laughs> now and he was like their top pass catcher. So the Ravens really don't scare me, even if Lamar is healthy and ready to go in the playoffs. Gotcha. Well, I do want to move on to focusing on the offseason. So who would you say is going to be the Chiefs' biggest or most important uh, free agent? Um, I, I think they've got a lot of decisions to make uh, uh, about the roster. Um, they're going to have a decision to make on Chris Jones. Um, he's going to be looking for an extension this offseason. He is the most important player on their defense. He's the best player on their defense. I would have to imagine that he's going to get extended, but there is going to be some turnover here because Frank Clark is probably going to get cut. Um, they should not re-sign him. Like Frank Clark has given the Chiefs some okay moments over the past few years. He's been key in, in some playoff games and stuff like that. But at, at this stage of his career, they're certainly ready to move on from him. So I think they could be big in the defensive end market. Um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. They've got a rookie in George Karloftis who is really coming on late at the end of the season, but they still need another edge rusher because we saw early on in the season when those guys weren't healthy. Like if Chris Jones wasn't blowing up the offensive line, the chiefs couldn't get pressure. So that's going to be a big thing that they have to look at this off season. And I'm curious to see how the wide receiver room winds up playing out because Juju Smith-Schuster is only on a one-year deal, and he's been really good for them this season. He's, you know, I, I always say Juju's just a chain mover. Like, he's a super reliable wide receiver. He's going to be where you need him to be. He's never going to run the wrong route, and he can move the chains for you. He's not necessarily explosive, but in a bad wide receiver market, he might command too much money. They traded for Kadarius Tony, and they have a rookie in Sky Moore that hasn't been getting enough playing time, but I think he's shown enough promise that you could roll in the next season with him. So I, I think the wide receiver room is a big question mark for them. I, I have to imagine they're going to cut Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he's on a two-year deal, but they can get out of it after this season, and he just hasn't been very good for them this season. So I, I think defensive end and wide receiver are probably the biggest question marks for the Chiefs moving into the offseason. Well, I'll tell you what, you have uh, brought up a little bit more uncertainty than I than I thought or going into this, just because looking at the the free agents, but knowing the inner workings of the contracts, I didn't realize Chris Jones' deal was about to expire. So what's his contract looking like for, for next year? Um, So they can get out of his deal 
after the season if they really wanted to. Um, right. But he's under contract for at least one more year. But, you know, the way these things go in the NFL, like Chris Jones is looking for an extension right, this offseason because right, yeah. he's not trying to play under a tag or something. He's not trying to play on a one year deal basically next season. And he's been the most important player for your defense for several years running now. So I <laughs> his body of work says that's a guy that you pay, like uh, arguably over the last couple of years. He's the most dominant interior defensive lineman in the NFL besides Aaron Donald. Like he he's been that good and he's in the middle of the best season of his career right now. So he certainly deserves it. It's just going to be a matter of where they can move money around, how how they can pay him because they don't have any cap space right now. And with Patrick Mahomes contract going up, which they can still move money around. Uh, they, they move Travis Kelsey's money around virtually every year. So eventually they're going to have to stop doing that. But Chris Jones, if he hit the open market, like uh, he's that good, he's the type of player that's going to command $25 million a year. And so that's going to be what he's looking at. Probably. I think he's making like 17, 18 right now. And he's going to be looking for a significant raise because he he's been that good for them. He's been their most dominant player on defense and it's not really close. Yeah, I have a feeling he's probably going to get something closer to edge money because, like you said, like if if they let Chris Jones walk or anything happens, like there are thirty one other teams lining up to sign that guy. Yeah. So yeah, he'll, he's going to get he'll paid. get the contract he wants from somebody. Yeah, the other guy you brought up that I want to uh, talk about too is Juju Smith Schuster, and you brought up being maybe price sensitive about him. And I did look it up. Spot Track has him at a market value of three years, twenty nine million. So we're looking at somewhere between the 10 to maybe 12, 13 million dollars per year range. Would you bring him back on that contract? Like how price sensitive do you think they should be? If they could get him at that, I, I think that's, com- I mean, we saw what wide receivers were going for last off season. And Christian Kirk is the guy that everybody always references because he got $17 million a year from the Jags. Um True. You know, if you can get Juju for 12 million a year, I think you'd be happy with that. And I think you'd take that. Um just it's a bad wide receiver market this year. So maybe we're going to see that that huge wide receiver inflation that we saw last off season. Maybe that is going to take a dip just because the pool of talent's not as good this off season. So if he can get Juju for 12 million, I'd be happy with that on, you know, a three year extension, but it's really like a two year deal where you can get out of it after a couple of seasons. Like, I think I'd be fine with that. Um, I just wouldn't pay Juju $20 million a year. Like if that's what gotcha. he's looking for, then okay, Juju, sorry. But uh, yeah, go test the waters again. It'll be interesting too, because I feel like if I remember correctly, the last off season, I feel like even the off season before that, when his contract was up, I feel like the Chiefs were one of his like spots that he wanted to go play at too. So I wonder if he'd be willing so- to take a little bit of discount. There is a chance of that, too. So he wound up last season, he wound up going back to Pittsburgh on a really cheap one year deal. I think it was like a seven, eight million dollar deal because his market just wasn't there. But he was in contract talks with the Chiefs and was really close to coming to the Chiefs and then decided he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. And then this offseason, Pittsburgh was like, we're not going to try to bring you back under any circumstance. So (laughs) he wound up signing a one year deal with the Chiefs. And so he's been on a one year contract for back-to-back seasons. And, you know, this year is the best year that he's had since I think his second year in the NFL. So he's going to be looking for a payday, but maybe there is a chance he's a player that hasn't been shy about taking discounts and he's got a lot of endorsements. He's really successful off the football field. So he could take a discount there, but uh, I just feel like we got to see, we never know with those things, but I think there's a chance that he could be that kind of player. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So this is a bit of a side note, but still somewhat related. You mentioned Kadarius Tooney, and I'm curious how much of an impact he's made since coming over around the deadline or, or when he's getting traded. And then building off that, would it be, has he been good enough to maybe make it a little bit more okay to let Juju walk? So he's just had such a small sample size because once he got traded, he had, he had hardly played right for the New York Giants this season, dealing with the hamstring injury and he gets traded is healthy, is ready to go, gets involved in the offense early on. Like I think his first game, they literally schemed up a pass play for him on the very first play of the game just to get him involved. And he's shown some flashes. I think he could be so, so good in their offense if he can just stay healthy. And that's been the biggest problem with him through his NFL career so far is it's always a hamstring injury. It's always a a tweak of something like he just really seems to have issues staying on the football field. And you know, last week he led the Chiefs in receiving yards. He had over 70 receiving yards, I think, on three catches last week. And he made a couple of really acrobatic, like amazing receptions. And he's shown that ability. He's shown the explosiveness and, you know, kind of the gadget plays that the Chiefs like to run. I forgot to mention McCole Hardman's also going to be a free agent. The Chiefs aren't going to re-sign him. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um so I, I think Tony kind of steps more into that Hardman role for the Chiefs offense than necessarily gotcha. the Juju role. Um, but I think Sky Moore could be Juju. Like, I, I think Sky Moore could definitely fill that role. He just is they, they have so much veteran wide receiver presence on the team. It's been hard for them to get Sky Moore snaps this year. Whereas like Tony, they have gone out of their way when he's available to get him involved in the offense because I think they see his potential there. Sky Moore is a second round rookie that they're still kind of working on, but I, I think Sky Moore could still be really good for this offense. So uh, I, I think there's a chance they could let Juju walk, but it's not going to be because of Kadarius Tony. I think it's going to be more because they're buying into Sky Moore stepping up and being a bigger part of their offense in year two. Gotcha. One guy that I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about yet is Orlando Brown. And obviously with the chiefs tackle situation. So it seems like there's a lot of moving parts. Does it sound like he might be uh, on his way out? I don't know what they're going to do. So he's playing on the franchise tag this year and he, for the first part of the year was just bad. Like was just having a bad season and was terrible at at pass blocking was still okay in the run game, which has always been the stronger part of his game over the pass blocking. Um, But the chiefs offered hit offered him an extension last off season, which would have made him, you know, one of the, like like fifth or sixth or seventh or something like that, highest paid offensive tackles in the NFL. Well, no, he wants to be the number one paid offensive tackle in the NFL. And, you know, they say contract year is undefeated. Well, his contract year is not gone as well as he was hoping it would go. And I think under no, no circumstance should the Chiefs pay Orlando Brown, uh, Trent Williams extension mm-hmm. and make him the highest paid left tackle in football. Cause he just simply hasn't played like that. Like he's been 
an average, a, a little above average left tackle, which is fine if you can bring him back on a reasonable contract, like the one that they offered him last year, which I he got mad about the offer because it was really backloaded with uh, a lot of fake money, basically, that they could get gotcha. out of if they really wanted to, which I understand that part. But if you bump up the signing bonus and, and you can bring him back on a more team friendly deal, then I think you do it. Otherwise, you just let him hit the market and let him see what he's going to get out there because he's just not going to get top three left tackle money. Like he he just hasn't played up to that standard this season to deserve a contract extension like that. And, you know, I, I don't see them franchise tagging him two years in a row just because they're a team that doesn't have a lot of cash anyways. And so dedicating that much uh, guaranteed money to him two years in a row just doesn't seem like a good business decision. So more generally speaking, what do you think the chief's biggest offseason need will be? Well, if they let him walk, it's going to be left tackle. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that that's a position and, you know, offensive line seems to be a little bit deeper in this year's NFL draft. So that could be a position that they really try to attack uh, in the NFL draft this season, as opposed to going after it on the open market or making a trade. Like they've been more eager to make trades for veterans in recent years. Like we saw him do it with Frank Clark. They did it with Orlando Brown. And then last year they didn't do that. They finally said, no, we're going to try to acquire draft picks and we're going to try to see what we can. And really this draft class is the best draft class that Brett Veach has had so far as a general manager. So I think that they're feeling better about their talent evaluation and about their scouting department. And so I, I feel like they could attack that in the NFL draft, but it, it's definitely going to be, if they don't re-sign Orlando Brown and, and bring him back, it's going to be left tackle is going to be a huge issue of need. And then defensive end is still going to be a, a huge issue that they have to address this off season. So I asked this next question thinking that you might not have an answer just because me being the Raiders fan and covering the Raiders, I've been paying attention to the draft and free agency a little bit more in the last few months or the last month, I should say, than probably you have. But is there anyone in particular that you have like your eye on in the draft or free agency? Um, Not really. Yeah, like kind of like what yeah. you said, like I haven't really turned you're, you're, my you're eye spoiled. You're there spoiled. just yet. Yeah, <laughs> I've been... I've been locked in the season trying to figure out why this team went to overtime with the Texans, uh, why they keep playing one possession games against the Denver Broncos. So I haven't gotten to my draft stuff yet. Uh, I, I I will hopefully hear if hopefully the Chiefs get a first round bye and I'll have some time to dive into <laughs> there you that go. stuff and, and dive into free agency. But yeah. I mean, those those positions, defensive end and, and tackle are definitely going to be the ones that I, I start taking a look at, like right out of the gate, because those are definitely the issues that they have to address first. Yeah, it, I always kind of jokingly, and I'm probably going to make a lot of people mad here for uh, a lot of people this, or for most teams this time of year, this is playoff season for the Raiders. This is uh, this is draft and free agency season, though, unfortunate for the last 20 years, but completely understand where you're coming from. I, I hey, Jared, Jared Stidham, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that was against the 49ers, but he was balling. Yeah, I, I mean, I give give credit where credit's due. He had a hell of a performance. I don't, I don't know if uh, – and I think even if he plays well this week, I don't know if it's going to be good enough to to hang a hat on him, but maybe he'll be the next Matt Flynn or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start to wrap up here talking about a few specific players. How does a guy like Patrick Mahomes get better? Like, where does a guy who has little to no flaws – get better from year to year from here moving on. Well, I think this season and, and, you know, for me, he's obviously the NFL MVP. Uh, I think he's pretty much locked it up at this point. Um, 
But I think the biggest difference in his game this season, and we saw last year was the worst season of his career. And he was still good. It was just like by the unprecedented we'll standards. Yeah, like by his ridiculous standards, it, it was still a solid year, but not a good year for him. And I think that he got exposed a little bit in trying to force things downfield and and not settling for his checkdowns when there was nothing open and when they're dropping eight guys into coverage and stuff like that. And this season, he's gotten a lot better at playing within the structure of the offense and not saying, okay, I have to just make a miraculous play or we need a 50 yard touchdown right now. Like he he's been he's settled a lot more for we can go on 15 play drives. We don't need a five play drive where we score in a minute. You know, it's we can be a methodical offense and you've kind of seen it in the Chiefs' efficiency metrics. Like they're actually operating like as efficiently as an offense as they ever have in the Patrick Mahomes era. But then last week against the Broncos, and I went back and rewatched some of the game yesterday. Like you could see, and I I think it's the turnover issues that had plagued the Chiefs this season, and they haven't all been on Patrick Mahomes. It's not like he's throwing interceptions every week, but there's a lot of fumbles. There's a lot of special teams issues, and. Prior to the game against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago, the Chiefs had turned the football over in 11 straight weeks um, offensively or special teams or however. Yeah, it's so I I think that's an an area where he can get better at, like against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago, he threw three interceptions and they were bad interceptions Uh, against the Broncos this past week. He threw another end zone interception that wasn't a great interception. Um, So he still sometimes reverts to. I have to be the magician. I have to be the hero and go make a play and make some poor decisions, but he's getting better at it. And he even mentioned it after their game against the Broncos this past week. Like I totally abandoned my footwork. I totally abandoned uh, my pocket presence. Like I was just, uh, I just had a bad football game. And I think we saw him revert to that too last year in the AFC championship game against the Bengals. I think that's the biggest flaw still in his game, which is insane but that sometimes he forgets about playing within the structure of the offense and and tries to just attack, attack. And it seems to not work out in their favor when he does that. And there's a reason the chiefs are, you know, designing those kinds of things like no play within the offense. And it's there for you. Just, you don't have to make the 50 yard bomb all the time. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing that he struggled with at times this year, but he's still been so good. It feels like it's just nitpicking his game at this point. I hear you there. I'm also curious about Kansas City's running back situation because Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been there's typically been the lead back in the last few years, but Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon have really been playing well lately. So what do you think they do in the backfield in the offseason? Are they going to turn the reins over to those two? Um, I hope so. Uh, you know, Clyde is I think Clyde is a fine NFL player. Uh he he just hasn't worked out as you know, being a a starting caliber NFL running back and he's dealt with some injury problems and he's injured right now and he's on IR. Um, You know, he might return in the playoffs, but the chiefs certainly aren't acting like he's going to return anytime soon. Um, But they did not pick up his fifth year option and he's still under contract next year. So he's probably going to be back next year unless they just cut him. Uh, But we saw early in the year, they were just kind of, doing a a three-man running back rotation. And I think they've really found something here with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Um, 
part of the early season rotation was because the Chiefs know McKinnon, his injury history, his age, like he's 31 years old. And so they were trying to go out of their way not to overplay him early in the season to keep him healthy for this run that he's on now where he looks ridiculous and he's got like eight touchdowns in the last five games or something like that. So I I would imagine that's a position they could still address in the draft too is like get another receiving running back because Pacheco has flashed and I I think he looks like he could be a solid early down running back, but he doesn't look like an every down running back for me, but I think he I think Pacheco has taken command of the early down role in the Chiefs offense and probably will have that next season. We'll just have to see what happens with Jarek McKinnon. Like he he's just gonna be a 32-year-old running back. And at this point, like, you know, for a guy that you have to spend 10 weeks of the season managing snaps for, like, is it really worth it in the long run as opposed to trying to find a younger player in the draft or something? And how about the two young linebackers, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton? What do you would you like to see them uh get better at heading into 2023? Um, well, Nick Bolton, I think, and this has been a topic of conversation in Kansas city and amongst chiefs fans. Like there's this weird subsection of chiefs fans that think he sucks. And then there's a subsection of chiefs fans that are like, he's one of the best interior linebackers in the NFL. Um, I think that Nick Bolton is a really solid player. Like he, he makes a lot of tackles. He is a stat accumulator, but he's really good around the line of scrimmage. He's really good in the run game. He's awful in the passing game. Uh, that's just not what he's good at. Like, that's just not, I think that's something he's probably never going to be good at, but he's really good in the role that they try to deploy him. And they try not to use him in the passing game. That's more Willie Gay's role, but I think gay has been pretty inconsistent and he was suspended earlier in the year. So he missed four games because of that. But I had really high hopes for Willie Gay this season and He's still playing kind of uh, a weird amount of snaps. Like they're still rotating uh, Darius Harrison a lot and taking Willie Gay off the field. I think some of that is just rest and snap count and they're trying to keep guys healthy. But I think some of it is that Willie Gay's just been pretty inconsistent. Like he, he's been a pretty inconsistent linebacker for them this season. So he just has to be reliable. Like when they put him on the field, he has to know where he needs to be. He has to make the plays that they need him to make. And he hasn't been, done a very good job of doing that so far in his career. Gotcha. All right. Last question here. And I'm going to ask you to take the fan hat off for a second and give me your realistic prediction of how this postseason goes for the chiefs. Um. I mean, I would hope that they make it to a Super Bowl, but uh, I am struggling with that idea right now because while I think the Chiefs are still really, really good, and I think there's a case to be made that they've been the under-discussed team as opposed to the Bills and the Bengals, and you know, this season was all about Buffalo losing last year in the divisional round and coming back in, you know, finally overtaking Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And then, you know, Cincinnati beats them in the AFC championship game and the chiefs haven't have or and three against the Bengals over the last two seasons. Um, I, I just feel like Cincinnati is coming on really strong right now. And I, I think that they're a really well coached team, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And Joe Burrow is so good it just always making the correct decisions. So I, I I'm talking myself into 
the Bengals again, which seemed crazy at one point this season. I still think that Buffalo losing Von Miller is huge. And he was supposed to be that guy, that closer for you in the playoffs. I I think that's going to hurt them. Their secondary hasn't been quite as good and they've dealt with injuries there. Jordan Poyer's been on and off the injury report all season long. So I I still think at the end of the day, Buffalo and Cincinnati are probably just slightly slightly above the chiefs so i i still think that the chiefs are going to win a playoff game they've got a strong chance at making it to an afc title game but i i just think that buffalo and cincinnati are operating at a slightly higher level right now because the chiefs as we see on a weekly basis just tend to play down to competition and you can't do that and you can't turn the football right. over. You can't have special teams mistakes every single week like the Chiefs do. Like the special teams are a total liability and it's going to wind up costing them in the playoffs. So I'm not quite ready to commit to the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl this year. I, I think Buffalo and Cincinnati are just just slightly, slightly ahead of them at the moment. I'll tell you what, man, I appreciate the the honest answer because I was going to have to give you a little bit of flack if you gave, tell me the Chiefs <laughs> were going to win it all right off the back. So I appreciate it. Awesome, Steven. Thanks again for coming on. Like we were talking about earlier, this earlier off season's coming up. Raiders fans, we got to keep tabs on the enemy, know what's going on over in Kansas City. So, Stephen, why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Serta. You can also check out all of our content at ArrowheadPride.com and at ArrowheadPride on Twitter. We've got tons of stuff each and every week for you. Awesome, and you guys know where to find me on Twitter at Holder95. Make sure you're following Silver and Black Pride. Thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, guys.